Welcome to On Trial, starring Mark Radlich. Also starring Sean Comer. Hope you're ready, Hollywood, because you're on trial. All right, you are listening to On Trial, a Rattlegem Broadcasting Premier Podcast. And tonight, normally, we would have a prosecutor and a defender. And in a sense, we do. Technically, I'm prosecuting. Technically, Ronnie Adams. Say hi, Ronnie Adams. Hi, Ronnie. I mean, hi. <laughs> is defending. And on the docket hi. tonight is John Carpenter's 1978 slasher classic. It's Halloween. Right. Halloween. But this 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 particular case is not going to trial. No, this is a it is plea not. bargain. Yes. <laughs> so we're we're gonna have fun tonight. Um, Ronnie and are I. We... <laughs> are we? <laughs> like, oh, are absolutely. This is gonna we be a disaster. <laughs> no, okay. we always have fun, my friend. Come no, um, like normally on trial is you know we take a hard line. One of us. Uh, defends it. One of us um, hate. <laughs> one of us. Ha- one of us hates it, and uh, <laughs> prosecutes it as it were. And today, like Ronnie and I are just going to discuss it. We're going to review the yeah. movie, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we don't. This is not the typical Lincoln Douglas style debate that we would normally do for on trial. So, welcome to yet again one of the plea bargain editions of on trial. Ja- um, now, Ronnie, you and I talked like a couple of months ago. You were like, "Hey, I'm trying to get back into the podcasting thing." Um, I kind of want to just hitch myself to your wagon. I don't want to really do my own thing because I've got my own like gaming stuff with Twitch and everything. But I'd like to be Correct. on more shows. And then you were like, and I want to talk about all the Halloween all the time. And I'm like, all yes. right, slow down. <laughs> so pump your brakes. <laughs> so let's just start there um, as a bit of table setting. So like, mm-hmm. when did you first? When what was the first Halloween movie you saw? How did you end up seeing it? Halloween. Like, what did you do your life? Yeah. Um. So I've been. On and on. Well, not since early on. I mean, like, um, in my, t- I'm about to. Why do I have a paper bag in my hands? Okay, soft reboot. Let's go again. Um, since I was younger, not like really young, uh, but like teens, you know, earlier than that. I, I've been mm-hmm. a horror fan, but I don't like the. I liked supernatural, you know. Like I liked, I liked Freddy Krueger crap like that, but not as much as I like the actual stuff like slasher films. Right. And uh, when I researched, I guess you could say slasher films, it always came back to Michael Myers. And I was like, I remember this, but I wasn't allowed to watch it because of boobies. And, um, <laughs> but I watched it. Um, I'm sure it was like on uh, heavily edited on, on TV commercials. And I was like, man, this is it. This is it. Mm-hmm. Because it's always been my philosophy that things that can actually happen are much scarier than the supernatural yeah. things that aren't going to happen. So Michael Myers in that first movie absolutely could happen. Absolutely. Sure. Could. And that's terrible. There could be a big, yeah, big wrestler type dude just running around stabbing, you know, unsuspecting gals trying to get laid. That's, <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely yeah. a thing that could happen. Well, absolutely. So, I mean, it probably has happened. So um, as I think, and I don't want to talk too much about this because people have, you know, in this and that podcast have heard 
my sort of now notorious dislike of the horror genre. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the stuff growing up. Uh, You know, what's funny about that is I say that, and we've often made fun of me for it um, uh, across various podcasts, looking at you, Robert Winfrey. Um, But I actually did watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movies growing up. Like, that's one of the few franchises I did did see. Yeah, I watched the Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen, I remember seeing at least one or two of the Friday the 13th growing up. Um, I I just didn't watch a lot of it, and I don't particularly like the genre. I don't. I never have. I'm. Right. I've sort of found my myself liking it as we do these podcasts because with all mm. of you psycho nuts, it's hard to get away from it. <laughs> like you just sort of very true. into it. <laughs> very true. So, like, hey, uh, can can we talk about this? No, we're gonna talk about slasher movies. Fuck, whatever. I guess if I have to do a podcast, that's what I'm gonna do it on. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a fan of the yeah. Scream franchise. Yeah, that's another one that I watched. Like, it was weird. Like, I can't. I, I probably came to the horror genre like in my teen to like college years. Yeah. So when I, I don't remember when the first Scream came out, but I absolutely saw that one in theater. Ninety six. And I think, okay, so that that puts me in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely saw that one in uh, um in theaters. I didn't see any of the Nightmare on Elm Street ones in theaters. I saw all those at home, and I think, I, and I and I know I saw like Freddy versus Jason in the theater. I like made it a point to go see that one. That one I went by myself. It's <laughs> not horror. It's it's comedy. It's action. It's everything but the horror genre in that. I mean, yeah. there's scary moments, but that's not horror to me. Um, so long story short, like I. I never saw, and I talked about this on the Halloween Resurrection podcast. I never mm-hmm. saw any of the any of the Halloween movies until the H two O Resurrection movies came about, and I was actually I I I, I said on that show Man. that I think the first one I saw was Resurrection because I could have sworn I was laughing my ass off at Buster Rhymes, but oh, I thought about it again, and I and I texted my friend Chuck, who I know I saw the movie. Like I remember going to the movies with my buddy Chuck. And I remember having never seen another Halloween movie before and being a little anxious about it because of like, am I going to understand what's happening? It's like, it's about a dude stabbing girls. You'll be fine. Like, <laughs> You'll be all right, fine. I got yeah. it. Just going to be like, the, like walking into the middle of Lord of the Rings or something. Like, I will I be able to follow the plot? You'll be fine. Um, You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's the not much about, going on there, you know? <laughs> and the thing I would learn later about the H2O Resurrection uh, duo is that they just dis- they utterly disregard everything that happens after Halloween too? Everything. So like the whole four, five, six. I guess it's called like the of Michael Myers trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, three it, is not even a timeline. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And three is... three is a whole other thing entirely. Yeah, three is not even considered like canon because right. there's no there there's absolutely no um, Michael Myers in it. Right, they wanted to yeah, go so a different to... direction with that, and they were like, "Oh, let's do this," mm-hmm. and it sucked, and nobody liked it. And they're like, "Where's Michael Myers?" So they brought Michael Myers back for the third one, or maybe fourth. Yeah. One. So, um, yeah, I so it, I didn't see the first Halloween movie, which we'll start talking about in a moment, until 2018, and I saw it as oh. a double feature with the premiere of Halloween 2018. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I wish that... they would have done that around here. Um, I would love that. So let's kind of go through these, and then you know, and then we'll we'll double back. Uh, the ha- Halloween two. What do you what do you think about that one? I don't I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. 
um it's it's good it's fun it's it's good to watch on d- during the spooky season as everybody calls it i hate when people yeah. call that um it's not considered in my world mm-hmm. i don't consider it canon really yeah i really don't uh because okay. halloween 2018 is a direct um sequel to 78 sequel to, to the 78 so yeah i love 2018 i think it's great no matter what people say I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, Halloween 2 is good. I, I, I lump it in, unfortunately, with 4, 5, and 6. Really? Okay. I, I hate to lump it in with 4, 5, and 6. I hate to do that. But mm-hmm. that's just kind of where it goes. Because, I mean, there are so many things that happen in, in, in 2. Mm-hmm. Like, she's running for, through the entire... You know, this is the one set in the hospital, you know... Yeah. Uh, if I, yeah, and you know he stabs uh, um, Michael Myers stabs a, a nurse in the back with a scalpel and picks her up on this flimsy piece of metal, like <laughs> six feet in the air. Um, and there's so much blood on the floor that it had to come from six, five or six human beings, not just from her. Right. And at the end, Laurie Strode is like screaming, struggling, crawling, crying the whole nine, and then all of a sudden she grabs a, a revolver. And all of a sudden, she's Annie freaking Oakley and puts two and and puts one in each eye. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay. You know, the first one ended so much cooler, you know, and um, there's not that supernatural aspect with Michael Myers after one going into 2018. Okay. Um, Um, And that's what I like about it. It keeps it real. So, real quick, uh, I just kind of kind of run through these. So, like, 50 words or less. Your thoughts on number three? Terrible. Yeah, really? I, yeah, Sean I and I it. debated that one. That's, that's like, that was the very first one we actually covered for On Trial or of any variety of podcasts that I do. Yeah. Um, I remember having issues with it, but I didn't think it was the worst thing ever. Uh, it, you know, like it's we, the we worst it apart, Halloween like we movie. We everything apart. You're, yeah, okay. Yeah. Really? Okay. And I, that's, that's, why, that's why I say that. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Had it been anything else, they labeled it anything else... They just left okay. Halloween three off of it and named it Season of the Witch. Right. It'd be like, oh, this is a campy fun Halloween movie, you know, horrible. I feel I actually feel like that's the conclusion Sean and I reached was that trying to shoehorn this into the, the Halloween Michael Myers mythology as a terrible kind of idea. Own, yeah. Um we have uh, we have people chatting with us and Gavin Napier formerly of the casual heroes and going to be on the next uh, was previously on our Ted Lasso season one podcast and will be on season two. What's up, Gavin? Says, yeah, season, season of the Witch is uh, great. It's just a marketing fail. And, and I, like I said, that is exactly what um, what the conclusion was that we came to was basically had they just called it Season of the Witch and left it it'd a been, been perfect. entirely, yeah. it would have been fine. It was a perfectly fine. fine. It has its issues, but it would have been a perfectly fine movie. Um, kind of let, let's you, just Okay, would you ask me I'm just mm-hmm. taking it as a Halloween movie. How do you think it ranks? I think it's honestly, I'll take it back. I don't think it's the worst one because Resurrection mm-hmm. takes that that title, but it's up there. <laughs> um, Have you had a been, chance to hear me yeah. and Sean talk about that yet? And see my glorious impression wow. of Busta Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Um, oh, you did but, hear it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's one of those things where like, um, if it's a if it's a Halloween movie, it's a failure. If it is mm. a um, 
just a campy, crazy, you know, spooky movie, then it's fine. All right. Um, all right. So four, five, and six. Um, the of Michael Myers trilogy. From what I understand, it's kind of like a tie, depending on who you ask, between hating the of Michael Myers trilogy and hating the Rob Zombie Halloweens. So let's just talk about the of Michael Myers ones. What do you think of that trilogy? Okay. I mean, it. Oh man, you're gonna make me go there. <laughs> what I can remember of them, we'll put it that way, because mm -hmm. I don't watch them. They're not good. They're not good. I mean, like okay. for, um, for everybody wanted, everybody wanted Michael Myers back, so that's why they did four. Sure. So Halloween four, I mean, it's okay. It's 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 good. It's like I think it's like set two years after the original one. Mm -hmm. uh, after yeah, it's supposed to be nineteen eighty, and I think it came out in ninety nine eighty eight. Mm -hmm. Um, and it goes after his niece. And Doctor Loomis has to stop him. All right. At what point? At what at what point do you look at D Donald Pleasance and go, "You need to stop, sir"? But uh, <laughs> it's. It, I mean, you know, it, it's okay. Um, he's been in a like I think he was in a coma, and um, maybe no, it says two years after. What the heck? I thought it was. Well, anyway. Um, But he tries to kill his niece. It's it's okay. It's good. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not good, but it's okay. It's there, you know. And then you get into Halloween Five with the creepy little kid in the clown outfit on the top. That's supposed to be Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Um, Donald Pleasance comes back, but one year after the events of Halloween Four, the return of Michael Myers, the shape returns to Haddonfield once again in an attempt. I'm reading it now uh, to mm -hmm. kill his now mute niece. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> right. And then you've got Curse, Curse of Michael Myers, which is, I think, possibly the worst out of the three. Um, in my opinion, in my mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think that's the worst out of the three. Mm -hmm. And that just comes in six years after Michael Myers last terrorized Haddonfield. He returns to, their, to the pursuit of his <laughs> niece, Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child, which Michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans. So now you got a cult. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so it's like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen them, and mm -hmm. I think if it's okay to say this, we have plans on later on down the road taking a look at the ofs. Yeah, and I can't wait to do that because I'll, I'll, I'll watch them again. But I'm a when it comes to Michael Myers, I'm kind of a purist, so I stick mm -hmm. with one and two, but I really stick with one. One okay. is the one I watch. The first one, the original, is the one I watch every year, Halloween. Uh, mm. Halloween night, I have that playing, and then following up that, I have Night of the Living Dead, the sixty, the 68 version. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's my night, man. I pass out candy. I give that. <laughs> I, I watch those, and uh, I just have a, I have a fun time. Uh, if it's not too so late, when the candy dies down, you know, the trick mm -hmm. got down, I'll go to a haunt. That's right down the road for me. So uh, just real quick, and then we'll get we'll, we'll get right into the movie. So I, I Jason Teasley jumped on this grenade because when I asked Ronnie Adams, hey, do you want to review the Rob Zombie Halloweens? He was like, I'd rather have my nutsack stapled on my leg. I went, okay. Yep. Apparently not all yep. horror movies are the same. So yep. <laughs> uh, Terrible. more on that in 2022. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, the plot of this thing. On Halloween night, 1963, in the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois, six-year-old Michael Myers inexplicably stabs his teenage sister Judith to death with a kitchen knife like you do. For the next yeah. 15 years, he is incarcerated. I mean, who hasn't stabbed his sister? At least once or twice. He's incarcerated at Smith's Grove Sanitarium. On October 30th, 1978, Michael's psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, and his colleague, Marion Chambers, arrive at the sanitarium to escort Michael to court for a hearing. Loomis hopes the outcome of the hearing is that Michael will never be released from Smith's Grove. However, Michael steals their car and escapes from Smith's Grove, killing a mechanic for his, uh, for his coveralls on the way back to Haddonfield. Upon returning home, Michael steals a white and expressionless mask from a hardware store. Yes, on sir. Halloween, dun dun dun, he sees high school student Laurie Strode drop off a key at a long abandoned Myers house that her father is trying to sell. Rule number one in horror: don't sell haunted houses. So <laughs> don't sell murder houses. Well, and if you do, make sure my camera keeps going in. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> make sure you're make not sure you attached the bodies. To it. Make sure you Alter move guys, the bodies. By the way, oh, Poltergeist, oh, Poltergeist. another one I watched as a kid. Scared the shit out of me, but I did watch Why it. Why would you watch that as a kid? I don't watch it now, and I'm an adult. Uh, because I watched things I wasn't supposed to as a child. Anyway, That's moving true. on. Um, me too. Laurie, no Laurie notices Michael stalking her throughout the day, but her friends, Annie Brackett and Linda Vanderklok, these fucking names, dismiss her concerns. <laughs> Loomis, that's gonna be thing one i need to bring up is the acting in this Loomis, <laughs> no you cannot bring up the acting in this i certainly will sir that's part of the plea bargain loomis arrives in haddonfield in search of michael and finds judith's tombstone missing from the local cemetery he meets with annie's father sheriff lee brackett and they investigate michael's house where loomis tells brackett and michael is pure evil brackett is doubtful but of the danger but goes to patrol the streets while loomis Waits at the house, expecting Michael to return. That night, Lori babysits Tommy Doyle, who was bullied in school earlier Tommy that Boyle. day. Boogeyman, boogeyman, while Annie babysits Lindsay Wallace across the street. Michael follows them, spying on Annie and killing the Wallace's dog. You never kill a dog <laughs> in cinema. Tommy sees Michael uh, from yeah. the windows and thinks he is the boogeyman, but Lori does not believe him because, of course, she doesn't. Annie later takes Lindsay over to the Doyle house to spend the night so she can pick up her boyfriend, Paul. When she gets into her car, Michael appears from the back seat, strangling her and slitting her throat. Soon after, Linda and her boyfriend, Bob Sims, arrive at the Wallace house and find it empty. After having sex, Bob goes downstairs to get a beer. It's a rule. Where, where Michael pins him to the wall with a kitchen knife because he's like arts and crafts. Michael then poses as Bob <laughs> in a costume and confronts Linda, who teases him to no effect. Annoyed, uh, she calls Lori to find out what happened to Annie. Annoyed. Michael proceeds to strangle Linda. Well, this is what I don't understand. This is just, just a brief Linda. aside. Like, he's got the kitchen knife, man. He's got the knife. Why is he... Like, like, did we need to be intimate about this? Just fucking stab the bitch. Like, why are we Why are we changing up the gimmick all of a sudden? Anyway. Finesse, baby. Finesse. I suppose. Um, Everybody's got to have a gimmick nowadays. Michael proceeds to strangle Linda with the phone cord while Lori listens on the other end, thinking it's a joke. Meanwhile, Loomis discovers the stolen car and begins searching the street. Suspicious of the phone call, Lori goes to the Wallace house across the street and finds her friend's bodies, as well as Judith's uh, headstone in the upstairs bedroom. She flees to the hallway in terror, sheer terror, while terror. Michael... Uh, where Michael suddenly appears in the dock and slashes her arm because apparently he has got really bad eyesight. Like, 
He's fucking. I mean, he's wearing a this Shatner far mask. from her. <laughs> he's wearing a Shatner mask. So, um, anyway, uh, he went into space. <laughs> he did go into space. So she slashes <laughs> her arm, causing her to fall over this uh, the stairway banister because that's hardcore. Injured, she narrowly escapes and runs <laughs> back to the toilet house. She's but now a ECW key- wrestler. <laughs> uh, but lost the keys to the front door where she fell on the staircase. Tommy lets her in and she orders him and Lindsay to hide only to find the phone is dead. Uh, they cut the power, man. How could they cut the power? They're animals. Wrong movie. Michael Wrong movie, through- but great <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael sneaks in through the window and attacks her again, but she incapacitates him by stabbing him in the neck with a knitting needle. Thinking like he's did. dead, like you would, Lori like, yeah. staggers up. <laughs> Lori staggers upstairs to check on the kids, but is shocked to see Michael alive. She tells the kids to hide in the bathroom while Lori hides in the bedroom closet. But Michael <laughs> finds her because he's not dumb and right, breaks he's not an idiot. I mean, he is—he's psychopath, but he's not an idiot. Right, so she stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger and in the chest with his own knife, hoisted by his own baton he was. She then tells Tommy and Lindsay to go down the street to a neighbor's house to call the police. After they leave, Michael awakens once again and slowly approaches an unsuspecting Lori. Loomis sees the kids running from the house and goes to investigate. Finding Michael and Lori fighting upstairs, Lori rips Michael's mask off, uh, making him hesitate to pull it, uh, put it back on. Loomis shoots Michael six times, knocking him off the balcony. Lori asks Loomis if Michael was the boogeyman. Which Loomis confirms. Yep. Loomis walks to the balcony and looks down to see that Michael has vanished. Because even after six bullets to the chest, Michael is uh, is unstoppable. People unsurprised, have he's worse. Yeah, he, unsurprised, he stares off into the night as Laurie begins to sob. Michael's breathing is heard during a montage of locations where he had recently been, indicating he could be anywhere. And this leads to part two. Alrighty. So, um. Just like I said, we'll just go back and forth here, but I, I have to bring this up now. The acting, okay. So Jamie Lee Curtis is a great actress. And I'm not taking anything yeah. away from her. And the guy playing Michael Myers is appropriately menacing. That's fine. Donald Pleasance seems like a bit of a crazy lunatic, but he his performance lent, yeah his performance lends a bit of tension and chaos to the proceedings. Absolutely. That's all fine. So all of our lead players hold up this movie just fine. Unfortunately, I, and I just watched this the other day, listening to Lori banter with her two friends, you ever hear like stage acting, but it's like, <sighs> it's obvious stage acting. They're, they're obviously projecting yes. and, you Mark, know, the... it's, it's, it's almost like, like reading like a radio play, especially the, the totally girl. The totally girl cracks me up because I don't know what, I don't know what don't development exactly what disabled person about. was <laughs> directing her at the time. <laughs> but, like, was that all just first take? Like, how do you want me to do this? I don't, just say totally a lot. Honestly, probably a lot of it was first take because this was this had a $300,000 budget and that was it. Mm-hmm. And, but, okay, okay, okay. So, all of that aside, you got, yes. you got a shoestring budget. You've got... Uh, most of your money probably going to Donald Pleasance, who was a name back then. <laughs> sure. Um, and you know, I think I think Jamie Lee Curtis got paid eight grand total for this movie. <laughs> um, like legit. Uh, and, and yeah, okay, yeah. you're going to have to kind of dive into the 
the porn industry to find actors <laughs> in 1978 that will work for dirt cheap. Okay. I mean, that's just how it goes. Casting do I know from vivid, vivid video? <laughs> do I know that they were porn actors? No, I don't know that for a fact. But they but act it's, it's like so they funny are. It's that. It's that level it's of that, acting. It's that level of acting, and like, it's just like you know. And and I only know this through people making fun of it. Just had mm. to throw that out there. But um, <laughs> but it, it's 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 one of those things where like yeah, you you got to sacrifice where you can to get mm-hmm. the movie made because i mean they they had nothing they had absolutely nothing to work with mm-hmm. they shipped in leaves to spread on the ground to make it look like <laughs> fall and like and then they would sweep them back up off the ground to reuse them later right all while there's palm trees in the background <laughs> that you don't really <laughs> you're not supposed to notice you know there right. are problems with this movie <laughs> but it was 1978 and they had they had like two nickels to rub together, man. Okay. I mean, I certainly sympathize with that. Like, I'm not going to tear this movie down and be like, no. this, is a, this is a crime against cinema. Right. Not, it's like, it like redefined the genre. I know like, you know, there, there were yeah. plenty of other slasher movies prior to 1978. We like Psycho. I mean, yeah. But, you know? but I mean, if anything sort of de- defines the 80 slasher genre specifically, it's probably Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. So and, I, know, I'm not going to shit all over, but it, I'm like it has its problems, and yeah, that's it, a big part of it. Like, yeah, I <laughs> you ever watch the the Family Guy episode where he's like, "I'm aware I'm watching a play," you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what this is. I mean, you're aware, you're aware that's an the Totally Girl is an actress, right? You may think that Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode, but Totally Girl brings you right back out. You're like, oh yeah, this is a movie. Her she's friend terrible. is not much better. I mean, she's not as bad. No. Like, I understand that Totally Girl is supposed to be playing like a dippy teenager. Yeah. But it's so, it's so funny because I was thinking about this too. And it, it's, a, it's a really weird thing to sort of pick apart with this movie. But I can't I can't get this out of my head. Exactly. It, it's one of those things you cannot John, let go of. Yeah, it's like, I understand the pr- the purpose of this movie is to create fear in your audience out of the idea that a giant man might stab you in your home. Fun. Yeah, I, 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 that's a major pillar that's holding up this movie, but especially when it I, appears in the bushes in the middle of the day. So you know, it's kind of like like a George Lucas thing where it's just like, yeah, the big thing we're trying to do here is spaceships and shit. You know, I'm not really worried about performances. Like whatever Natalie Portman gives us, I'll be fine. It's um, like, <laughs> Mark Hamill, he tells in interviews that he and Harrison Ford, right after the trash compactor scene. Right, they, they filmed that first. He's like, "Wait, wait, I'm not. Spo- is my hair? Is my hair supposed to be wet? I'm right out of this <laughs> trash compactor." And he's like, "Harrison Ford." He's like, "Harrison looked at me, goes, hey, kid, it ain't that kind of movie,' you know? <laughs> right? So you know? I'm thinking. So I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about like John Carpenter as he's directing this thing, going, "What we really want to focus on is making sure the kills look cool, and there's an yeah. appropriate amount of tension and and um and violence being." captured on screen so like all of that stuff is all of like the conversations with the girls whatever is really so that you can get to know laurie and it's a lot of table setting so that you you know and it's such a it becomes such a formulaic thing throughout the rest of the 80s slashers right you have your final girl who's the who if it's successful is like your most interesting and then she's surrounded by meat sacks 
who are yeah, usually, exactly. <laughs> they're pin cushions. It's so funny because Sean and I said this about resurrection. It's like your occupation is your character, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, so she's Jippy girl, and it really doesn't matter how bad her performance is because she's just there to have sex and get killed. It's like John I Carpenter just... was like <laughs> casting the movie. And he's like, man, we don't have much money left. You, you, hey, how old are you? Thirty-five. Perfect. You're a teenager now. <laughs> You know, it's just like Steve oh. Buscemi. Hello, fellow teens. You know, walking through the high say, school. Oh, um, dear heaven. Um. <laughs> but I mean, like, if that's your biggest flaw right. that you can find with it, then you, you struck gold, especially for what the budget was, for what they did mm -hmm. with it, and for what kind of movie it is. It's not about them. It's not about them at all. You said it perfectly. They're set dressing. They're, they're, they're there so you get to know Lori and her struggle uh, right. with you know with Michael Myers. I mean, you're there. They're there to um, make her look good. They're there to put her over in wrestling terms. Um, so, do you? Let me ask you a question. Them. Moving away, moving away from the performances. Um, yeah. I, I mean, how much more? How much? We're not going to spend the next half hour while right. I continue to wax philosophical about the <laughs> the art of acting. You just um, look at me, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> people get it i don't think yeah. the performances are great it doesn't matter it's uh, 78 man no, no performances were great back then um, well there were a few okay so moving on to something else here i want to ask you so do you ever get a sense of does the movie do you think and I'm, I'm, this, this is like your chance to kind of take over here do you think the movie sets up michael's motivations well at all i i'm gonna tell you that i struggled with it but I want to know from you. Do you feel no. like by the end of the movie, you knew why Michael had to go back to the house and kill everybody? No. Okay. And that's the scary part about it for me. Okay. Because as a little kid, you don't really know why. Mm -hmm. Why he did what he did. He was sent away. And the only thing you know is this guy's pissed. And he's coming to kill everybody. And that's pure evil. Okay. And you don't know why he's doing it. And that terrified me when I thought about it. And I was like, the motivation doesn't have to be there when you have an entity that is so evil that it feels like nothing can stop it. Mm -hmm. So the motivation, whether it's insanity, whether it's just being pure evil, it doesn't matter at that point. Was there anyone living in his house at that point? I mean, I know they were. Oh, God, I can't remember. Okay. Apparently, um, Gavin agrees with you. <laughs> oh yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Loomis, he's pure evil. Doctor Loomis said so. All right. Can I? Can yeah. I be weird and just say I wish it had? I. I don't know. This this might be just my deconstructionist brain, but yeah. I I just felt like I personally needed more. Um, the I'm pure evil. I'm Mephisto. You know all that. <laughs> I. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, no, not that phrazy yet. Oh God, now I'm in trouble. Oh, Ronnie's gonna beat me. You know what? I wish, I wish I had a different word for fine, Ronnie Adams. I do. I wish Swell. I had a different word for fine. Um, and you know what? What might it's help swell. me find another word for fine? I wonder what would help you. Grammarly would help me. Well, Grammarly is AI powered. <laughs> Grammarly is AI. Fucking seamless. Grammarly's AI-powered products help you to communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, 
LinkedIn, and really anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly helps correct hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary. Like you might not just say fine, everything is fine. You might have a different word, adequate perhaps, and suggesting style improvements. To download oh Grammarly God, today, <laughs> go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. All right. So, okay, I get the existential dread of not knowing why this psycho is doing what he's doing. Mm. But I, I guess, why did he have to go back to his own home then? Why couldn't he just go to the first like populated area next door and just slaughter everyone? Like, do you see what I'm saying? With, without a rational explanation for why he was magnetically drawn to his old home and, you know, and having, and, and there's no one even living there. So it's not like, you know, like a, like just as an example. So poltergeist, right? What we find spoilers for a 40 year old movie. Um, <laughs> I'm watching my now. Good Lord. Um, they, they built this housing development on this piece of land that was an Indian burial ground and they never moved the bodies. And so this place is now haunted out of like revenge. Sure. Okay? The ghosts are doing what they're doing because they had been wrong. It's a, it's, you know, it's a ghost revenge story. Cool. I like it. Um, I I wish there had been something along those lines for this. Otherwise, then why can't why why did he have to go back to his house? Why couldn't he just go to the na- next door neighborhood? And Lori's there, and uh, the whole the whole thing doesn't really have to change all that much. It's like like we we found him in the next town over killing people because he has this you know because he's pure evil and has this urge to kill. What do you think? Why did the Hulk? Why was the Hulk always drawn to New Mexico? Because <laughs> he liked. I'm, the I'm serious. Because huh? <laughs> he liked the vistas. No. <laughs> well, I'm seriously, seriously. Okay, uh, you tell me, tell me. He was created there. Okay, fair enough. Okay, I get what you're saying. That's yeah. fair. So our friend Gavin, who's who's listening to the show, thank you, Gavin, writes in, Carpenter tapped into the same thing Lovecraft used. Whatever motivation you imagine for Michael was worse than what he would come up with. Lovecraft Absolutely. used language that didn't paint specific pictures for the same reason. Nobody is better at scaring you than you. All right, I mean, that's fair. That's um, perfect, that's Gavin. A- I mean, I never thought about comparing it to Lovecraft, but it's true because Lovecraft used your own mind against you when he wrote his mm-hmm. stories. Um, that's why I love... I love Lovecraft. I mean, now he's a kind of a problematic person in some <laughs> points, but um, his storytelling was amazing because he just, he let you scare the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why uh, later on, you'll find out what I'm doing. I run another, I run games, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, but I run another game called, it's called Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, it's a tabletop role-playing game called Cthulhu. And, I have to use that. I have to figure out what scares the the players the most. So I just leave it open-ended and they're like, Oh God, it's not clowns. Is it (laughs) actually it is. Okay. You know, kind of a deal, you know, not not that heavy handed, but that's where you go with it. And so in my mind, I've always thought, and I've always taken it as this, that Michael Myers was created in that house. So he has this draw to go back there to finish mm-hmm. his story, to take revenge for putting him away for so many years, to 
um, to, to anything. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just why why does evil do what evil does? There's no rhyme or reason really for it. It's just evil. But that's where evil was created was in that house. I think that's interesting. I've never really thought about the existential terror of Halloween being you don't know why the monster is doing what it's doing. It's just it's just, it's just doing, doing it. it. Um, and these people just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, which is interesting to me. It, it's not something I thought about before until literally just now with you and yeah. Gavin pointing it out to me. So, because because I, I watched the original Halloween, like I said, um, three years three years ago, and uh, you know I'm in the theater, and it's got you know there's one or two decent jump scares. It's not the most graphic of movies I've ever seen. No, not, not by a long shot. Like I said, there's stuff from Poltergeist that to this day is yeah. unnerving for me. Um, a poor kid get eaten by the tree, you know, being one of them. Um, so there's that, um, but I think the, you know, I, I think upon reflection, if you're, you know, if you as an audience member are like, I don't know why he's doing what he's doing, you know, or who he's going to go after next or, you know, just, just, he's just this agent of chaos, which is an interesting juxtaposition because he's on the one hand, an agent of chaos. And on the other hand, he's a zombie. Like I never yeah. think about zombies. You know, zombies are always slow moving, and, and they're they're more. So you, you know, watch the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, where they're where they're, they're all track stars. Um, yeah, <laughs> and everybody is a marksman. <laughs> Sorry, the guy that works at Best Buy all of a sudden can pop a zombie in the head with a pistol at five hundred feet. So yeah, forces of nature. Um, all right, think about what else about this movie i'll tell you what i what i liked about it you know i'm always it's this whole thing like I, I don't know why i'm on this podcast all he does is complain um no. i uh you're being fair about it yeah because I, I know you're going to bring up stuff that like i would just sit and gush about it yeah but you're That's making me I'm think about the things yeah, yeah i'm not sentimental sentimentally attached to it the way a lot I of am. people are yeah but you're you're making me think about the problem you know the problems with it just like Star Wars. Oh my gosh, Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I would watch Star Wars every day, you know, the first, mm-hmm. the original trilogy. But then I start thinking about people who start pointing things out to me. I'm like, that is a really crappily made movie at times. <laughs> I mean, like, there are so many errors in that, like the stormtrooper hitting his head, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Luke jumping out of the X Wing and yelling Carrie instead of Leia. Um, <laughs> there's all kinds of stuff in it. it but yeah. does that crush my love for that for that movie? No, absolutely not. It doesn't. But there are things that you can, if you love something, you can learn to laugh at the problems that it has mm-hmm. um, that don't really change your opinion. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about the kills in Halloween? Um, they're, to me, they're not particularly graphic. And I don't know how, how much of that is it's the late 70s, how much of that is the budget, or how much of it is you know, doing more with less. I honestly don't know what was in John Carpenter's head when he was thinking about like, well, you know, if you watch a lot, just as a as a way of contrast, you watch a lot of action movies. People get stabbed all the time. Yeah. Um. You know, I've I've seen seen worse. The face, the head. You yeah. Know. Yeah. And so, like, when you are when someone tells you, hey, you can't let it, the Halloween season pass without watching one of the great horror movies of the last like century, and it's John Carpenter's Halloween. It's so scary. And I watched this thing, I've watched it twice, you know, twice now. And those kills to me are not particularly scary. You know what I mean? Like I've seen just, just, just as a way of comparison, 
the stuff that Freddy killing people in a nightmare on Elm Street, terrifying, especially the first couple. Um, you, you know, mean the blood, I, the Kool Aid coming out of the bed. Um, yeah, like when, when he, yeah, I would Johnny say the Depp. bedroom scene with the, yeah. yeah, with Johnny Depp and the blood on the ceiling and all of that, um, is super gross and like terrifying to me. I think the yeah. idea of somebody like attacking you in your dreams and being vulnerable is probably like psychologically like what terrifies me. Like, I'm not afraid of somebody coming into my house, you know, right? <laughs> I am, however, afraid of you know, not being able to get away from you know, my own brain, my own, right. my own anxieties. You just said it. Okay, take it take it away. So most of the kills happen off screen, right? And they are mild, and they are not bloodless, but they're not bloody, gushing, everything else. But mm -hmm. sometimes less is more. Sure. Because once again, if he doesn't show you what happens, then your imagination goes wild. At least mine did. Do you the know, rest of the? I mean, Halloween Resurrection wasn't particularly gory either. Do, do any no. of these? Do including the Rob Zombie ones because I know Rob Zombie's horror movies tended to be like exist ridiculous, you know, in terms of gore and unnecessary violence and you know graphicness. Um, so do, do, the, do his Halloween fo movies follow in that vein? Do any of these get to a point of like a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I remember two being pretty pretty bloody compared to one. Okay. Um, because like I said, he stabs the nurse and lifts her like nine feet off the ground on a scalpel. Excuse me. <clears throat> and then um, I know, uh, yeah, this is, I can't get over that. <laughs> I cannot get over Michael that. stabs a guy in the stomach with a shotgun in five. Just the worst. Yay, Ron, you can't wait to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is, okay, I forgot about that, Gavin. I, <laughs> oof. Oof, man. Oh, gosh. Why yeah. a spoon? Because it'll hurt more. <laughs> I just watched that today. Yeah, sorry. I got really excited over that. Um, So, like, I know the violence picked up in two, um, and that's another reason why I'm, like, uh, I'm not as fond of it as I am the original um, mm -hmm. because it le doesn't leave anything to the imagination. Like, people are slipping on the amount of blood on the floor and falling in it. You know, uh, just um, stabbing in the chest, blood everywhere. Um, you know, I, I can't remember most of the kills in it, but there's a lot. I mean, other than the, the uh, oh, there's a syringe in the eye, yeah. uh, hammer to the head. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, Gavin. I think somebody got a hammer to the head in this one. Um <sighs> They, they show a lot. And then, of course, you've got the amazing, wonderful, incredible mutant-like shots at the end of Into the Eyes. <laughs> somehow, 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 two bullets, 238 rounds, or maybe it was uh, 357, I'm not sure, doesn't blow the back of your skull out. I am trying so hard. It only hard. puts you in a coma. I am trying so hard. I don't know if you've listened to any of the James Bond stuff we did, but... Um, you know, my argument with those were don't tell me it's gritty realism and do what you do to James Bond and then mm. expect me to follow your story. You're, you're not consistent in your own universe. I understand there's a supernatural element to Michael Myers. So I am resisting the urge to yell out, does he have Wolverine's healing factor? What the fuck? Um, you know, how so does, does, does all those, those things happen to him and he not die? Right. 
believe it or not, the six shots to the body mm-hmm. in various positions has is a lot more believable with survivability than than anything else. Okay. Um, there are people that have been shot that many times. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you think of the motivation or not motivation, but if you think of the the sheer evil and power that goes into Michael Myers of a determination of having to kill because you know you have to finish this mm-hmm. um he can survive that i mean i mean there's been recorded in the military that a man was shot in the stomach like through mm-hmm. the stomach in the side by a, a rocket propelled grenade by an rpg it went right. in one side out the other did not explode had most of his intestines and things taken out and, and survived yeah you know so that doesn't bother me you know i mean of course when you when you have a horror movie, you have to go overboard like six shots, you know, bow, 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 bow. Mm-hmm. But um that that doesn't bother me. It's the two shots to the eyes that put the man <laughs> in the coma that bothers me. And then yeah. from there on, I think in H2O, um she takes a swing at his head and decapitates him. Or is that yeah. resurrection? No, that's a that's H2O because they because yeah. in resurrection she's she, that they the, the explanation for it is that she got the wrong guy. She decapitated the wrong person, so she's timid about it. And when she has an opportunity, when she has a second shot at him, she's timid about it. At which point, he Undertaker is up and throws her off the roof. Last well, that's H two O, right? Yeah, Resurrection um, is where he pops out of the car and she swings like Babe well, no, Ruth and knocks uh, his head off. Right? No. Uh, again, again. She decapitates. She thinks she decapitates him. You're led to believe in H2O that she decapitates him. Okay. Um. It. The explanation is she actually decapitated a security guard or something like that. And then in Resurrection, she sets a trap for Michael and she goes to decapitate him again, but she's too slow because she wants to take the mask off him to make sure it's the right guy. At which point he wakes up and chucks her off the roof. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Let me ask uh, you one last question. Was H2O before Resurrection or it vice was. versa? Okay, no, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting my movies mixed up. Um, uh, ambulance Driver. Gavin corrected me. Ambulance so, Driver, yeah, okay. I'm, well, I'm, we're going to end the, unless you have a lot more you want to discuss, we're going to end the conversation with this. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts on on that final bit there. Uh, because one of the th- one of the themes of the movie is the presence of the boogeyman, sort of the existential mm-hmm. uh, fear of of the titular sort of ill-defined boogeyman, right? Because your boogeyman can be whatever you, whatever you think it is, right? That's what the whole boogeyman is. And you have the, t- the kids teasing Tommy Doyle, you know, about the boogeyman and all of that. And it comes up periodically. And Michael is supposed to be, you know, representative of that. And then at the end, this high school girl, this fairly intelligent high school girl who has been traumatized, as you would be, by this horrible experience, is shivering in a corner and crying and going, was that the boogeyman? Can I tell you how, despite the fact that I... It's one of those where I feel like on a second or third pass through the screenplay, or maybe while you sit there in editing, I can see John Carpenter kind of fighting with himself like, ah, but it ties the whole thing together, except that it's the stupidest fucking line. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) Oh, it drove me crazy. Is that the boogeyman? Okay, so she could have, like, maybe the delivery was off, but Mm -hmm. she's traumatized, just like you said. Right, sure. 
what i mean what are we you know as a child what are we threatened not threatened with but what were we scared of the boogeyman you know the I boogeyman's going to get you i was you. scared of rankin and bass animation but that's just me i'm a fancy unicorn unicorn um, yeah um, you're just a hobbit i don't i don't know why i said unicorn like warriors come out and pray. i don't know skeleton has bottles on his fingers but um <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, uh, it's the boogeyman, you know? She's so traumatized, she goes back to her childhood, and she's like, that's the scariest thing that you could think of. The boogeyman was everything. It was all of our fears wrapped up into one shadowy entity that lurked in the darkness, hid under our beds, hid in the closet. And waited for us to go to bed and slide that one foot out of from underneath the cover so it could grab it and jerk us underneath. You know, you listen, listened to uh, Everyone Loves a Bad Guy, right? Yeah. Okay. So that song, I think it's by Voltaire, that opens yeah. up I'm the fly in your soup, I'm yeah. the corn in your poop, whatever, however it goes. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Okay. Robert Winfrey's going to listen back to this and just fly out of my house and punch me right in the face. I, I, I've um, never seen a man bleed from the eyes. So. <laughs> But no, I uh, I was thinking about that because like that because that's the boogeyman. That's what yeah. Voltaire is talking about. You know, it's that, everything that, that you're afraid of evil. that bothers yeah. you. Yeah, right. Unseen evil, and really, that's what Michael Myers is because you don't see his face. Right. He is the boogeyman. He is unseen evil. He is not even Michael Myers. He's mm-hmm. the shape. He, he works great as a theme, I, and I do like that. I, you know, the shape because mm-hmm. he's what he's what you can project your anxieties and fears on absolutely and i think as a horror monster he that's what makes him one of the best not so much the body count and the you know and the graphic no. nature of the kills but that this is a character in which he's basically a blank slate that you can project onto and you know and anxiety and fear are are central tenets of the horror horror genre absolutely as opposed to freddy which is a very very defined character so you, you know, have it different... would be very hard for you to project yeah. onto Freddy. Freddy is a very specific. Freddy is back for revenge because he diddled kids. Sure, I mean, like that's what it is. He was he was a he was a, mm-hmm. a child molester. Right, they killed him. But like you can project yourself onto. Can- I mean, I, I I we talked about this with Candyman. It would be difficult for you to I think project onto Candyman too because right. he's also a very specific thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's yeah. there's your difference. There's they they are. That is what you're getting when you're mm-hmm. whether you're afraid of it or not. He's coming back in your dreams. He's stabbing you with his knife fingers. Yeah, he's you say <laughs> his name five times in the mirror. He's coming through. And he's going to hit you with his hook. That is what it is. Right. Michael so, Myers, the shape is anything you need so, it to be. So if I'm if I'm John Carpenter and, and we'll end with, we'll end with this. If I'm John Carpenter and I'm and I'm working on that scene. You know, we talked about this before with I feel like a lot of the performances was first pass. It was like it does it doesn't really matter, you know. No. Like as long as you remembered your lines, we were happy. And you know, and like I said, Jamie Lee Curtis is like 98% great in this. Absolutely. And then there's that two percent where I feel like there was a way to get that across. Well, hang on. Let me even back that up a second. I'm not even sure she needs to say it. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's one mean? of the, the themes of of this being a story about the book, you know, the boogeyman come to life. Does she need to say was that the boogeyman at the end? Like you get it, yeah, he was the boogeyman. Like does it? It felt a little on the nose. I guess is my my struggle. I get that. I understand that. You you do realize this was her first 
feature role, right? You know, yeah, I'm not necessarily blaming yeah. her. I this is one where I think the mm-hmm. line itself either needs to be rewritten, excised. You know, maybe I would almost tell you maybe she's not the one that says it. Maybe Donald Pleasant says it. Like, you know, because she doesn't know who the fuck Michael Myers is, right? You know, that's right. So, right. That's why it so fits fits her so well. She doesn't know why, who, or how that he. It's just she doesn't know mm-hmm. why was he after me? Why was he trying to kill me? But, but um, like, and more specifically, like she doesn't know specifically who Michael Myers is. Like, right? She, they may have known about this poor kid who killed his sister, so, but that was like what? That was like fifteen years ago. This so, thing that has come in has killed her friend. You know, mm-hmm. uh, wreaked havoc and everything else. What else is she going to ask about it? So here's the thing: like, I'm almost wondering if it doesn't no, work better. No, was this. not his strong suit, Gavin. That's very true. <laughs> um, um, last thing I'm going to say, and then you have the last word, and then we're done. Um, I'm wondering if it's better if she's like, who, what was that, or who was that? And Donald Pleasance, you know, has has his back to her. He's kind of like looking out the window or whatever, you know, and uh, and he turns, and the camera catches as he turns, and he says was the boogeyman you know doesn't have to say twas we're not you know it's not it's not the last duel i mean like uh, shakespeare write this crap what's going on it was the boogeyman and then boom credits yeah. do, 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 do. that's my thought as i as i make as i do the remake of halloween okay no stop it <laughs> there's no remake more but more halloweeny this time no all right last <laughs> halloween <laughs> all right so Halloweenier. So I'm willing to settle for probation on this. <laughs> give me, uh, give me your final thoughts on Halloween. Now that I've tortured Needs you for to go an hour, scot free, no <laughs> probation, no, just pay a fine. Maybe that's about it. Nope, no fine either. <laughs> you got, you, you're good. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, with the, the the problems it has, the minor problems that it has, mm-hmm. um, it is one of the most pure slasher movies that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Psycho was the f- one of the first. I can't remember if it was the first or not. I don't think it was. I f- feel like from one of Robert's podcasts that he did that we read recently. Uh-huh. In fact, the, the slashers one. Duh. Um, I feel like he talked about like there be- like there being the very beginnings of this, and it wasn't Psycho. Right. I can't remember the movie that he said, but he he named one of them. Yeah. Um, actually, let me. Well, I'm you keep talking. I'm gonna look thoughts. it up. Yeah. Okay, you look it up. Um. It is a pure slasher flick. And the reason that it scares me till still to this day, when I say scare, it's more of a fun scare now. It's Black more Christmas, of a, I really, by the way. Yeah. Huh? Black Christmas. Was that really? According to the very brief Google search I did. Uh, what what year was that? Uh, keep going. I'll, and I will interrupt you yet again. Yeah. Um, so... The reason that it's scary to me is because it absolutely can happen. I mean, not exactly like this, but it can happen. Michael Myers was a man. Was he, you know, he was not more than a man. You know, he was stopped by bullets. He was, you know, he he drove a car in the freaking movie. Uh, all this stuff he needed, you know, to get around. But things like this happen. There are there are disturbed folk out there that have may not have a rhyme or reason why they would take somebody's life. And that to me is truly terrifying. That's why I love the scream 
movies. Now, as grandiose as they are, um, people are disturbed and they do look at these, uh, these opportunities as maybe to become famous, maybe to extract some kind of revenge that they've concocted in their head, or maybe they're just the embodiment of pure evil and nothing else. And they, to me, are the more are more terrifying than a hockey mask wielding demon and a man who comes back to kill you in your nightmares. No offense, huh? Nineteen seventy four on Black Christmas, by the way. Well, crap. You got to go back further than that. Psycho was a slasher flick. I don't care what anybody says. No, and and that's what this. Okay, so here's the 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 entry on this. Okay. Okay. Uh. Bu- 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 yeah, da, 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 da. do you ever see the remake of this from 2006? Black Christmas, I avoided it. <laughs> All right. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's, although Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho provided early inspiration, some argue the first authentic slasher film was Black Christmas, although as the pacing is far from a t- typical slasher film. There are many who could also fairly argue if you include Black Christmas, you must include Psycho, or at least the 1965 version of Ten Little Indians, though the success of Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street all popularized and revolutionized the genre in the 1980s. So, Ten Little Indians, I, that's that sounds familiar. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, I gotta watch I, it. I gotta watch it. All right. Uh, Gosh, there's a lot of stuff behind me that I'm preparing. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I like slasher flicks, man. Mm-hmm. Where does Halloween rank? And like, if you were to do your, like, what does everyone say? Your Desert Island discs. If you had to pick, like, your top three horror movies to watch for the rest of your life, is Halloween one of them? Yeah, absolutely. What's the other two? Night of the Living Dead. 1968. I, it's interchangeable. I can go 68 or the remake because of, to- of Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his brilliant his performance in that was brilliant. Um, also met the guy's sweet sweetest man ever. Um, I think number three for me something that's scary like that. Uh, I'm not taking any like you know it's not The Exorcist. I don't I avoid that at all costs. Um, I just don't like it. Um, okay. Uh, and, and it comes down to, you know, faith, my beliefs as well with right, that movie. Sure. I just don't. Yeah. Did I you watch, did, did you watch Midnight Mass speaking of faith? Yes, I did. I watched part of it. I haven't finished it all. What I, what I've seen of it, I've loved though. Um, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird, but I know where it's going. Cause I already, I already know. I already know the priest and what he went through. Does that make yeah. Sense? We, uh, if you get a chance, if you, if you have three hours to kill oh, Gavin, no. My myself, uh, Robert Winfrey, Alexis Haina, and Ben Cologne, um, actually did an did an almost three hour review of Midnight Mass. It took that long to get through all of it. Um, Gavin says Exorcist Three, Halloween, and Shining. All right, that's the, it. That's Go actually ahead. a really good pick. The Shining. Shining okay. is terrifying. Yeah, we did that on On Trial too. Yeah. I I found st- I find stuff to pick apart about everything. So does Sean. Uh, when given half a chance, and yep. we uh, we we had our say on The Shining. It has its moments. Um, um, Knee jerk reaction, just... gun to my head. I'll say The Shining, but okay. I know there's something else out there. Even though The Shining is one of the greatest movies, mm. you know, one of have the greatest Doctor... movies out there. Have you seen Doctor Sleep yet? I didn't mind Doctor Sleep. I actually liked it. Kind of tied it up. Yeah, Robert it's and I. Uh, yeah, I was just like Robert and I were kind of meh on it. It was yeah, it was fine. <laughs> 
It was swell. <laughs> it was Jim and Dandy. Got to get that Grammarly going, my man. All right. You know what, though? Um, if you enjoy the music, I'll tell you, the one thing I have no complaints about with Halloween, I can't even pick it apart, is how eerie and iconic the score is for Halloween. And you can find the score on Amazon Music. You're kidding. .com. And we are actually giving away a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited 30 service. days. Um, so if you click the link in the description of this podcast, get amazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, it's get amazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Uh, you can get a free 30-day trial. Check out all the music you want. If you, uh, after 30 days, you want to cancel, there's no problem. There's no contract, no fuss, no muss. Uh, if you it's don't, then, yeah, but if you're like, hey, we we played it last night. I did an entire uh, Monster Magnet medley because Coop apparently had never heard Monster Magnet before, which, which shocked the shit out of me. Coop! Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Um, so I use the Amazon music service to play uh, bits and pieces of the best of Monster Magnet. And I did that with the Amazon Music Unlimited service, which you, you can did, try sir. out for 30 days. All right. This concludes Halloween week here on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network. All two shows of it. Um, we, did, <laughs> <laughs> we did Halloween Resurrection. Uh, this is the, you know, we just concluded our look at Halloween 78. And this Tuesday, we'll be reviewing Halloween Kills, which is day and date on Peacock as of this recording tomorrow. Wait, uh, wait, wait, what? Theaters. Hold on. What? What now? It's. The release in Halloween Kills on Peacock as well? It, yes, it's day and date on Peacock if you have the premium service. What the frick? Um, yeah, we, Robert and I briefly <sighs> talked about that. Um, apparently, there was a distribution issue with Halloween 2018. Uh, I don't want to get into it now, but yeah. basically, Jason Blum was like, I want to make sure people have access to this thing. So, uh, And I think they were all, I think as crowded as October is, they just, they didn't, they wanted to make sure people saw it. Yeah. So they so they're doing day and date in, on Peacock and in theaters. And that's tomorrow, along with the last duel and uh, a couple of other uh, feature films. I'll be honest. As much as I don't want to watch it at home, mm -hmm. that helps me out. Yeah. I got a couple of movies I got to watch before Sunday. Uh. <laughs> So um, we talked about Midnight Mass. Uh, we re-aired Robert's Everyone Loves a Bad Guy about slashers, which focused on uh, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees. We reviewed No Time to Die, No Time to Pee, No Time for This Nonsense. No one got, ain't, no one got time for this nonsense. Ain't nobody got time for that movie because yeah. that disappointed me. <laughs> so check out our review of No Time to Die, uh, the aforementioned Monster Magnet review. Um, this weekend, we'll have re-airings of our speaking of which the evil dead trilogy i don't know if you ever heard our original evil dead long road to ruin but we're re-airing that in time for the anniversary of the evil dead um i think it was a fathom event on it, as a matter of fact it was back in theaters for yeah. a hot minute and then on sunday who was on that? uh it was, it was definitely me and sean i don't mm -hmm. I, I don't remember who else um if anyone if anybody if you ever do one of those again you need to get gavin napier on there <laughs> i'm serious he might have actually now that now okay he just he just wrote a comment that's not what he said he put he did this as a matter of fact um gavin napier was actually on our uh, yes it was you gavin i was getting yeah, to that okay it was me gavin napier was was on our evil dead uh long road through and so that'll be up saturday you get to hear gavin uh from like a million years ago um man knows ronnie, adams, ronnie adams you're always commenting that uh myself and 
Robert Winfrey, we're too negative. We're just too negative. We're too critical of film. Well, I'll have you know, we had nothing bad to say about the Peanuts movie that came out a few years ago. And that's going to re-air on Sunday. Um, Get out. And then... (laughs) Get out of your own house. I'll finish this. (laughs) And lastly, uh, David Wright will be on... uh, The next episode of On Trial will be reviewing the 84 Dune. Oh. Yeah, David Wright's like, I'm on all the Dune things. I'm like, so you are. Um, Good for him. Well, uh, speaking of Gavin Napier, it's like Gavin Napier week all weekend long. Because Gavin Napier and I... Yeah, get the fuck out of here, man. Um, We... (laughs) We reviewed the Mummy trilogy a few years ago. That's going to re-air Tuesday, the nineteenth. What and about then, yes, sir? The Brendan Fraser resurgence in Hollywood and on the internet right now. Yeah, I know, man. He's, he's all over it. the place. Um, it's yeah. great. He deserves it. The aforementioned Halloween Kills review will be Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. We'll have a mania of WrestleMania. We're up to the shitty ones. <laughs> WrestleMania is eight and nine. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll have a metal hammer of doom for ice nine kills of uh, the silver scream Two. welcome to Horrorwood. It's a real band. Ronnie Adams, ice nine kills. You make him up um, Thursday. I'll never uh, we'll not take, believe that. We'll take a brief break from the horror and the Halloween to talk about boxing. We'll have the four Kings of boxing chapter five, Leonard and Duran one and two. Friday, 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 Friday. Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Um, we have a re-airing of our Cradle of Filth review of Hammer of the Witches, just in time for the new Cradle of Filth to drop, which is called Existence is Futile, much like the Star Trek thing. And um, that's it for now. That's all we got. Uh, what do you got going on, sir? Brother, I've got a lot of stuff in the works, and I've got some stuff coming up. Um, I have not streamed in, in a while. Uh, I was going to last night, but alas, work and the long day made me fall asleep. Um, but I tell you what, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. We've got uh, every other week, but not this Saturday, but two weeks from Saturday. We have to take this Saturday off. It's session four of Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, uh, a D&D adventure. So we are a live play Dungeons and Dragons stream uh, with other things mixed in. Uh, now the reason that we're taking this weekend off this Saturday off is we're not actually taking it off. Uh, it is free RPG day at your local game store. If they, if they so choose to, um, uh, whatever, you know, if they want to do it or not. So at my store at my local game store, Hypermind here in Burlington, North Carolina, uh, is free RPG day where there is a plethora of books, quick starts, uh, uh, telling you about the new games that are coming out. One of which is a Dune game that is coming out very soon. Dune role-playing game. Um, like some steampunk stuff. Um, there's I, I don't want to give anything away because it's supposed to be under wraps. But there's a lot of really, really, really cool stuff coming out. Um, that's coming up this free RPG day, RPG day. Now, what am I doing for free RPG day at Hypermind? I am running two, count them, two events that day. I will be running a game called Kids on Bikes early on for the younger kids. What the and fuck is Kids on Bikes? I will tell you. I'm glad you okay. asked. Kids on Bikes is a system that uh, uses the polyhedral dice that uh, that you're familiar with with Dungeons and Dragons, but you assign one of those die to each of your like you know fight, flight, um, charm, whatever you know. So if your guy's a bully, then he'd get a d20 in fighting or brawn. And then he would get a D4 in charm. So uh, whenever you have to talk your way out of something, he has to roll a D4 and meet a certain 
um, meet a certain criteria for it, meet a certain number. And if you can't do that, then, you know, sucks to be him. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it is really cool. It's based on like um, Stranger Things, E.T., Goonies, um, uh, It, you know, the new the new It movies. So it's got that that quality of, you know, you take kids or adults, whoever wants to play it, back to a time in the 80s or 90s or even the 70s when there are no cell phones. And the only way to get a hold of each other is you ride your bike in the neighborhood and you talk to one another and you find adventures to get into and you get off the damn computer for a minute and go outside. Pardon my French. But uh, now I'm saying that to myself because I broke a sweat walking up the stairs today, but, uh, <laughs> but that's kids on bikes. Kids on bikes is a wonderful system that I'm happy. This will be my first game running it. And I hope to play it as well one day, but I will run this as many times as I can that people want it. And at four o'clock, that's going to be a two hour session at four o'clock. I'll be running another game call of Cthulhu, the seventh edition of that. Whereas I will be the keeper of arcane lore guiding six investigators through a terrifying, terrifying mystery that only leads into madness. So it's really, it's a lot of fun as well. So um, I might be able to stream the Call of Cthulhu game. Um, I have to ask for permission of my, my players, of course, and we'll see if I can get that going. But if not, if you're uh, if you're a role-playing, uh, a role-playing game fan or You've always thought about it and want to try it. Please, now is the weekend to go to your local game store. Look at some of these systems. It doesn't always have to be um, it doesn't always have to be Dungeons and Dragons. While Dungeons and Dragons is my favorite, is the OG, I will always go back to it. I love it. But there are so many systems out there. There's Star Trek, there's gonna be Dune, there's uh, a Star Wars role-playing game, there's steampunk, there's um, I picked up a box set um that is called um oh gosh i can't remember the name of it but it's an old tsr game that is gangsters of the 1920s wow that's really cool so there's a lot of cool stuff out there so please go out to your local game store um pick up some of these free rpg books pick up a set of dice buy some stuff and and just just start using your imagination again that's it all right Folks, this has been On Trial, a Rattledge Broadcasting Network podcast. For Ronnie Adams, uh, I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and be googly, <laughs> behave.